Welcome to episode number 52 of Roll or Die. Today we have a very special guest, JT, James Tomlinson, our first repeat guest on the show. You uh, regular viewers or listeners might remember him from, uh, I think it was around episode 10 or episode 12. We had him on last year and we are very grateful to have him back on again. Welcome, JT. Thank you very much. Thank you for that introduction, Kim. I appreciate being the first repeat guest. I feel honoured. So that thank you to both of you. We just uh, put out uh, episode 50, so we really wanted to have a big guest on to follow it up, so to back Oof. it up. The, the next episode after we know we're going to have a lot more listeners, a lot of people listening. So we, were, Anton and I said, let's, let's see who we can get on. And uh, here we are. Welcome, Mate, brother. I feel honoured. I'm excited. How can I be of service? Well, tell, the first tell me what thing you everybody need. wants to know in Melbourne is when the fuck are you moving back to Melbourne? <laughs> well, look, not I'm not moving back to Melbourne uh, too soon. There's a there's a lot of work for me to do up here. Uh, it's unfortunate, you know. Sydney is a nice place. Uh, Melbourne is is the better city. We all know that, um, but. You know, I'm up here for a number of reasons. Uh, first and foremost is family. Yeah. Uh, my mum and dad are up here. And so I've moved here to be closer to them. And also uh, my, uh, my better-natured half of Bulletproof, Joey, he's here. And so he and I are cooking up a bunch of things relevant to Bulletproof. So us being uh, in a close vicinity helps that happen. So really... As a point of contribution, Anton, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm all about. I really want to actually help jujitsu people. Yeah. I mean, if it was really just about my own jujitsu, I would have stayed in Melbourne. <laughs> but it's uh, there's a bigger picture here. I feel satisfied with that answer, brother. Thank you very much. We. Uh... Since uh, we last had you on, JT, we have, uh, or I've started a thing where I put on in the background of my TV a a video. So I just have uh, your Bulletproof uh, channel up in my background here, just uh, showing showing the viewers if people are out there listening. So I don't think the last time you were on, we managed to talk too much about Bulletproof. We talked about a lot of things, but um, we may have skipped over Bulletproof. So... Tell, tell us about that. Tell us about that program. What is it? What does it do for people in jiu-jitsu? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, look, Bulletproof Broken Down, most simply, is a, you know, a strength and conditioning program specifically for people who do jiu-jitsu. So uh, both between myself and Joe, we realize that people get pretty banged up and uh, they need something that's not only going to help them for jiu-jitsu, but... Help them off the mats. So, you know, hard rolling does leave you feeling pretty cooked. And you also need activities that are going to help kind of iron out the kinks. So uh, really the two main pillars of Bulletproof are strength and mobility. Because we feel these are the two kind of biggest bang for buck things that you can do to help improve your jiu-jitsu. Now, a lot of people always say to us, oh, how about conditioning? How about running? Or how about cycling? Blah, blah. And really, we're of the philosophy that if you want to get fitter for Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you need to do jiu-jitsu. Like, if you're not rolling enough, like, if you're not getting enough fitness from your rolling, you're not rolling enough. That's as simple as it gets. Mm. Now, are there ways that you can get fit for jiu-jitsu off the mat? Yes, of course. If you're stuck on isolation, you're somewhere in the world right now, 
You're not allowed to do jujitsu. You're stuck in the bloody house. There are lots of ways that you can get fit. And you, Kim, know firsthand of exactly. all the magical conditioning ways. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. We just had a, you doing a bit of the old Bulletproof. That's right. So, a bit of background. I joined Bulletproof as the lockdown was on and as many of us know especially in melbourne it was tough without rolling you just weren't getting that conditioning in and i guess nothing really replicates jujitsu but uh what jt put together was something that was pretty damn close and uh yeah really got me working with my conditioning but i can't speak highly enough of the the program itself like the actual this just the standard program uh the way it's set out the the professionalism of it and it's a really good support for people training jujitsu i mean i've been doing jujitsu nearly 12 years and it helped me. So I can only imagine if I'd started something like that much earlier in my journey, maybe my body wouldn't be as broken. My fingers probably would still look like this, but maybe the rest of me would be <laughs> in better shape. <laughs> well, look, I think uh, it's a bit unfair, Kim. People probably don't, if they don't know you up close and personal, they don't appreciate what an amazing athlete you are and what a hardcore devotee of the gym that you are. So I think Bulletproof was probably more blessed to have you than you were to have it. Yes, but um, that said, we are adding more content. So every three to six months, we add more content. So there will be a conditioning element coming soon because it's probably the most requested thing. And we do have certain things that we do relevant to that. Uh, we will also be releasing uh, pure body weight and calisthenic training for people who have no equipment. So we know a lot of people around the world who are locked down right now. They've got no jujitsu. They've got no gym. What do they do? So we already have a home gym program as part of Bulletproof BJJ, as well as the gym access program. And we also have the Kettlewell program. Um, we will be adding more to that. And I also have a secret. Uh, I, I can do a little reveal here for you guys, which not a lot of people know. Uh, we will be doing a bulletproof for bjj challenge and this is something which kind of has not really been done in terms of really showing people where they're at for their strength as well as their flexibility and people can get a rating off the back of doing the bulletproof for bjj challenge so this is coming um this will be up this year um we'll be posting it we'll be promoting it uh, it's going to be worldwide we're going to be pushing it and so you can get a ranking off the Bulletproof for BJJ Challenge and see where you sit in the world of fitness for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's so cool. So yeah. I guess it sounds to me like you're taking some things from the world of, say, CrossFit, something like that, where you've got events. Is that where you've got something like that? And you've got this no, not, not, not so much CrossFit. Like it, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I understand the comparison there, Anton. It's more around, for example, like a lot of times classic things people say, Oh, what can you bench? Which is a very redundant question, right? Because even though within powerlifting, you know, don't get me wrong, I love the classic lift, squat, bench, dead, you know, like I'm all about it. Yep. Benching for, for jiu-jitsu is actually not that helpful. If you're bench pressing someone off you, that means they've passed your guard. You are in bad town. Uh, you need to work on your guard retention, right? Like you're in trouble. You shouldn't be benching. You should be working on improving your gut. Yeah. So the, the lifts, the movements, the flexibility tests will all be applicable to jujitsu and it will be power to weight ratio as well. So there's not going to be a bias against if you're a smaller human, 
it is going to be relevant to your body weight. So if you don't have good like relative strength, um, then you're not going to do so well. And really our goal is to try and set some benchmarks and standards for strength and flexibility within the world of jujitsu. Can you talk as well about like some of the mobility stuff that for me, when I, I joined the program, that was probably the biggest eye opener for me. Like, I don't know, I am a little bit older, but I guess I assumed that my mobility was pretty good. And it was uh, quite humbling actually to do some of the mobility workouts on this program that were harder for me than the strength stuff, because yeah, I, yeah, I did not expect that I would be so lacking. So I don't know if that's from years of jujitsu or or what it is but Look, yeah it's just being human you know like we're i mean partly it could be accumulated tightness um but it can also be our day-to-day lives right like all of us as adults whether you are someone who does a lot of sport or you're someone who sits down a lot whatever your level of activity is different things will tighten up your body so w- the way we break down doing flexibility and mobility training so we actually Uh, Joey and I will be releasing a Bulletproof for BJJ podcast in the next week or so, a week or two. So that'll be a fun thing. And we go deep on a particular subject for about 30 minutes. And today, literally, we did a full podcast on flexibility and mobility. So let's break that down. We're talking static flexibility. We're talking um, dynamic flexibility. And we're we're talking uh, flexibility with a degree of load. So sometimes you get people out there who say can do the splits or they're super bendy. They're what we call like a wet noodle. They're very floppy. But if you put some load on them, they they can't move at all. So what we look at with our mobility training, we're talking like your pre-class warm-up and your pre-lift kind of routine is to get your body prepared for activity. So this isn't, sit in the splits and hang out this is active ranges of motion to activate the muscles we need to switch on and to actually kind of get the muscles that might be overactive like hip flexors um pecs shot delts anterior delts that are usually habitually very tight to just calm the hell down so you can move more freely so when you go to roll or you go to lift it's actually easier for you we've taken the handbrake off your joints very cool. So w- when we talk about mobility, that's really what we're talking about. And then once you finish training jujitsu, one of the biggest things we promote is just taking five to 10 minutes to help loosen up the tightness in your body from rolling. Because the internal environment of your body at that stage is like a Bikram yoga studio. You know how it is when you're after training, you're just pumping sweat, you feel elastic, you feel alive, you feel great, or maybe you feel a bit crumpled, you feel like a crumpled, sweaty Coke can. But this is a great time as opposed to just lying on the mats. We're not saying don't hang out with your mates. Mm. We're saying hang out with your mates and actually do some stretching, Mm. down-regulate your nervous system through breathing exercises. And that way, when you leave the mat, you're calmer. Your body is already in the process of recovering. You've got more blood flow to tight muscles and you're going to sleep better. And those are two key points. Then on top of that, we also have our dynamic and our static piece um, workouts that you can do outside of jujitsu to improve your flexibility. And I think they're the ones you might be talking about, Kim. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. For sure. What I'm yeah. thinking about, like, I'd love to know a bit about, like, 
as this business has evolved now, and I know it's gone, like it seems like it's mostly online, if not fully online. Um, but I'm wondering, like, what what have you kind of what surprised you through this journey? Because it's been like what, a couple of years now that Bulletproof BJJ has been going. Um, what, yeah, what so find? I mean, I, I feel like what we're seeing more and more is that uh, everyday people are far more kind of crippled or banged up, not necessarily from jujitsu, but just from life. Right. You come to jujitsu, your body's already banged up, and then you're going to put it through the blender. Mm. One of the problems is people find a thing they love and then within the first 12 to 18 months, they're getting a serious injury, mm. like borderline surgery level injury mm. because people aren't preparing their bodies. And they're also, here's the thing, it's the fine, it's the fine print, right? When you join jujitsu, no one says, hey, come do this awesome thing. You're probably going to have a crippling injury within 12 months. <laughs> It's probably going to cost you five grand in surgery. The physio is going to be about $1,500 or more. You're going to be sitting on the couch a bit. You're going to take a lot of painkillers. You may develop a dependency and suffer a serious bout of depression. No, like no, no one is selling that, right? <laughs> but it can happen to anybody, Absolutely. right? It can happen to any one of us. Yeah. And it's happened to me. And I wasn't even, you know, I was a little bit further into the journey. But you find this thing you love, mm. but the thing that you love is going to break you down. Yeah. So I think what we're trying to do more and more, one, we're trying to improve how we communicate our ideas and training philosophy. So we have our community group on Facebook. So every Sunday night, I'll do a Facebook Live for anywhere from 30 minutes to 50 minutes, trying to answer questions and address people's uh, different confusions around different ideas as to how you improve your body for jiu-jitsu or improve your training, nutrition, sleep, all these things. Mm. Um, also, we, we're trying to communicate more of the ideas in the program. So we've put out a lot more content through our Instagram just so people can just have access to it. Yeah. And I, I think, honestly, the next thing is how do we get it in people's lives? Like jiu-jitsu is community. Jiu-jitsu is rewarding but stretching your glutes and your hip flexors doesn't feel very rewarding. Mm. Actually, it feels like it sucks. Yeah. You know, it's just painful. It's just like, why am I doing this? Do I hate myself? God, you know? Yeah. And it, the truth is it never gets better. Not you don't get more flexible. It's just you actually get more tolerant to the discomfort. Now, yes, your range of motion improves. Yes, your joints are safer. Yes, you are healthier. But even when you're really flexible, when you hit your end range of motion, it's uncomfortable. Mm. It still hurts almost as bad as that first time you stretched. And all you can do is relax and breathe through it. The reason why we do it, it's just like eating our vegetables, right? Like if you get good at making salads, it's going to be tasty. But if you suck at preparing vegetables, it's going to be the same old crap, right? And you're going to hate it. Yeah. So what we've done is we've gotten really good at preparing some tasty salads to get those vegetables in there to make sure you're getting that healthiness in there. It's like when you cook for kids, right? You got to hide the vegetables, you know? You got to mulch those carrots up in the bolognese so they can't see them. <laughs> Similarly, we try to make sure with our strength training, their full range of motion movements, 
So the person is not only getting stronger, but they're getting more flexible at the same time. I wanted to uh, pick your brain a bit, JT, if I could, about sleep. You mentioned that earlier. And yes. I'm doing probably the majority of my training in the evening. And I'm finding that Terrible. Stop hard now. to wind down. <laughs> Just yeah. the way it is with my life, I'm I'm not able to unfortunately train during the day. You know, lunch classes and stuff are a rarity, so I'm I'm aware of the things that I need to do, the stretching, etc. I am doing that, and it helps a bit. Can you suggest any other tips for people that are having trouble winding down if they're not getting off the mat till say after eight pm, and then they have to get up early the next day? Okay. Yes, I'm with you. I, I have been one of those people. Uh, I am one of those people. I have been one of those people. The nights when I train, because I, I usually won't finish training till almost nine o'clock if I train at night. And that's why I generally prefer not to train at night because it yeah. stuffs me up the next day. You know, I get up yeah. 4.30, 5 o'clock most yeah. mornings. I teach morning class and um, I train with my students in the morning as well. And, you know, I want to get my night training in. There's two key things that you can do to help bring your nervous system down like reduce um you know reset your central nervous system to take it from that really hectic over adrenalized uh kind of sympathetic nervous system bring it back down to the parasympathetic Mm -hmm. one is literally lying still for five minutes and doing um diaphragmatic breathing so it sounds funny but literally lying still and just focusing on you know, in through your nose, out through your mouth, you know, expanding through your diaphragm as you inhale, letting your diaphragm settle back down when you exhale, simply lying still for five minutes and doing this will bring you down, say, 20, 30%. This is helpful. This is like usually if you post-stretch. But most of us never make time to do that. The second thing is hot, cold. So, okay, for the most of us, we don't have a bath and a shower. You know, most of us just have a a shower if you live in an apartment, some houses as well. Ideally, if you have a bath and a shower and if you're not fighting with your kids for bathroom dominance, um, you know, ideally what you would do is put cold water in the bath. It doesn't have to be icy. It just needs to be cold. You go hot shower, blast out your quads because that's the majority of where the blood will be is in your lower extremities quads and hammies and calves, hot water as hot as you can stand without actually burning your skin off, 30 seconds. Then you go and sit in the cold bath for the same amount, 30 seconds. You do hot, cold four or five times. This has an amazing effect at resetting your nervous system, flushing new blood into the muscles and calming you down. The other thing is you have to review is your body temperature as you sleep. So whether you wear a trackable or not, you need to actually cool down your sleeping environment. Some people have a mat that they lie on that has cool water in it. Like you can regulate the temperature on it, depending on what's going on. There's all kinds of fancy things you can get. But generally I advise people to sleep cooler for deeper sleep. Mm. But the hot, cold piece. Yeah is absolutely key for getting your nervous system to downregulate. So you reckon a bath, it wouldn't work to just do it in a shower with like no, turning can, up the hot, turning up the cold? You can do it in a shower, definitely. You can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I do have a bath and a shower though. So yeah, if I can get my kids out of out of one of them, I <laughs> That's it, should isn't it? be it's able to. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> cute, cute, cute. Yeah. Cute. What is about to turn 21? What are you talking about? Cute. They're plus a cute. Kick them out. Kick them out. <laughs> so, so the way I see it, JT, is like, like in, in Absolute, for example, they're very keen on the warm-up. The warm down is very is oft, usually overlooked, right? And I'm not, and it's, I'm, that's everywhere I go as well. By the way, it's not an absolute. Yes, that, no, that's that's pretty much every jujitsu gym ever. That's right. And the way I see it, like sometimes I drive past a school and it says we participate in the resilience project, which is like this mental health thing for kids, right? Teaching them to deal okay. with anxiety and depression, etc. I guess what I'm thinking is, do you see a future where bulletproof for BJJ actually integrates at a club level, where yes. The, yeah, and the, and the club yeah, so, with their students and, you know. So stuff. right now, we actually have gyms who have a gym subscription. Mm-hmm. So the gym pays uh, a gym level uh, subscription and all of their students get Bulletproof for free. Oh, wow. That's really cool. And so it's actually very economical. Mm. Like, like it, let's say, for example, you, you subscribe to Bulletproof for BJJ and you pay approximately... Uh, $12.50 or $15 a month, mm. which actually, as far as subscription services go, is very cheap. Mm. But let's say, for example, the gym is paying, I don't know, say, I think, I don't know exact numbers, but let's say, for example, the gym pays $150. Mm. They could have 100 students accessing our program for free. Yeah, got it. So the next step on this for us is to actually do instructor training in yeah. the Bulletproof approach. Yes. So then uh, we're talking certifications. We're talking kind of certifying gyms and really explaining the secret sauce and the science behind exactly why we do what we do mm. and sharing that with the broader community. So, yeah. yes, that is that is the vision. Beautiful. man. I think, I think awesome. it's so important. And, like, if it was part of a class, like the last five minutes was an actual even you know, and it could extend out, or I don't, I don't know. This is your domain, but I see that if I, if it was part of my curriculum there, part of my stuff, it wasn't an optional extra. Stay behind and do this. But a gym could really promote that they have less injuries, especially for beginners and all these sorts of things. Which would be they can even then use the whole. You are going to end up with a five thousand dollar injury and all this sort of shit if you don't do. No, this. no one, no one, no. That, Anton, that's never going to happen. Okay. No, no one is ever going to be that honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's yeah. the world I want, brother. Let's, let's push no, I look, I understand. I appreciate your idealism. <laughs> There's nothing to say that stretching after class is going to stop Bailey Huang from <laughs> sprawling on your neck. Okay. Shout out, Bailey. You know who you are. We've got to get you a great talker of absolute. MMA. He's got to get on the mats first, huh? <laughs> well, that's true. Sorry, Bailey. When he's not feet, <laughs> when, 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 you know, and like, whatever, like a big human jumps on your neck and cranks your neck. Yeah. If your neck is stronger, it is less likely to break. Mm. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen, right? Injury strikes, what can we do? But you've got to say, if you're insured, mm. you're better off, right? Mm. Like, yeah. strength training is insurance when it comes to injury. It doesn't mean you're not going to have a smash. I think this is one of the biggest problems. People think, oh, I don't need insurance. I'm a good driver. No, you're insuring against other people who are terrible drivers. Yeah. Someone smashing into you. You need your structures to be strong. You need your tissues to be resilient. So when someone bends your arm inside out, it doesn't break. Mm. Yeah. 
What would you you suggest then for people like uh, ratio wise with their jujitsu versus strength training? Like how I'm going to say, if you train jujitsu three times a week, you need to do strength training twice a week, and you need to be doing active mobility and flexibility work three times a week. Mm. So essentially, three jujitsu, two strength, three flexibility mobility. That is the magic ratio for a happy jujitsu life. If you want to do less jujitsu, that's fine, but you're just going to suck. Um, if you want to do more, you'll get good, but you're going to get messed up. Mm. So if you do more jujitsu, you actually have to do more strength training and more mobility, not less. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, like so if yeah. you're doing five to six classes a week, what, what do you, you need to do? You need to be doing mobility. Every day you do jujitsu, you need to do mobility work. That's what it comes down to. It's a lot of time. I don't think people tend to invest that time. It's uh, no, people it's are pretty time poor, so they skip it. It's, the, it's a hidden cost. It's not time poor. There's no no one's time poor. Time is relevant. Now, when you're sitting in hospital and you're on painkillers and you had knee surgery, what's your time then? Your time. And you got all the fucked. time. Yeah. Right. Like you, you, you're no good. Yeah. Essentially, we have energy, and where we put our energy is the most important thing, right? If you have no energy, your time is irrelevant, mm. right? If you're sick, you can't do anything. Yeah. So we have to be very wary of where we put our energy. What we're really good at doing is spending our energy on things that don't give us a return. When you invest time and energy into stretching, it gives you a return. Same thing. We get a return from jujitsu. The only issue is this. If you go to the gym and lift some weights, provided you do it correctly, you should not injure yourself. In the same way, when you do flexibility or mobility training, you should not injure yourself. But when you go to jujitsu, you might get injured. As rewarding as it is, it's risk versus reward. Because you might come away from that and you broke your thumb. Now that might really hamper your job if, if, you, got, if you do a job that involves your hands. Mm. Or someone cranks your arm and you are a brickies laborer, how are you going to make your money? Mm. You know, you can't get workers' compo for that. So really, and it, it should, you think it shouldn't be too hard to sell, but really we've got to be much more conscious about looking after ourselves so we can stay on the path. Mm. We don't want to be quitting at Purple Belt because we're so messed up, we can't see the path to Black Belt. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a long road. So you've got to be prepared and strength training and flexibility training is something which in and of itself is beneficial, but will also just keep you on the maps feeling better for longer. Great. And just switching gears because I know we're running out of time, but how is the world of Jugo going? Is it on the, is it, is it still progressing? Is it going yeah, well? Yeah, it is. It's, well. it's progressing very well. Thank you for switching gears. I'll just... Uh, hey, just there we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's going exceptionally well. So last year, I finished the, uh, you know, the first draft of the book for Jugo. That's right. And, I the book. I forgot all about that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's coming, man. It's coming. So... I have, uh, I, it's currently in edit. It's having its uh, structural edit done. And the editors read the first, the first draft and they liked it. Mm-hmm. And basically the feedback was super positive. There was a few recommendations 
um, just around like some structure and a few things. But essentially, I'm not a writer, you know. I, I tell stories. I love the, a good yarn. I like a tale. Mm. And so I've tried to take um, some different stories and different lessons I've learned from martial arts and condense it into this uh, book. But I, I guess the way I, I, I would like people to view it is it is the, you know, it's the jujitsu Harry Potter. Mm. You've got this young, measly kid who gets bullied and his salvation is jujitsu. And I, I won't go super deep into it, but the first book, the first one of two of the, the Jugo books mm -hmm. will be out by June, July this year. This is amazing. And actually, so, just on that, what I, what I just read the other day was books where, the, where the, there are people like publishers, et cetera, and they think it's a good idea but needs a lot of work. They are the ones that tend to go really big as if, as a, because, because essentially if someone's fully formed as a writer resistant to changes and all of these sorts of things they a lot of those books don't tend to go big but it's, i just read some fact somewhere in a book the other day that when you've got a good idea and it needs work that's a good sign so. well i mean look i think you know really it's it's semi-autobiographical you know it's a little bullied kid and that little bullied kid is me yeah. and i was that little nerd i wasn't skinny i was fat but you know i know what it feels like to get beat up as a kid i feel powerless it's terrible it yeah. wrecks your self-esteem, it wrecks your self-image. And I, I used to hate myself mm. because I felt like I was useless. Not because of my parents. My parents are loving parents, but they couldn't help me. Yeah. You know, my dad wasn't teaching me how to fight. My mom told me to just go to the principal and I would just get beaten up worse. It's only after I found martial arts and I got the self-empowerment and the confidence and the kind of, uh, I guess, the skills to feel like I could back myself up and stand up to people that my life started to change. And really that's the story of Jugo, but he finds jujitsu, but there's many other stories interwoven. And there's also a bit of a mystic element because he makes best friends with the son of death. So I'm not going to, so he has like, everyone thinks he's crazy. Like he's got this imaginary best friend, right? But the son of death gets kicked out of the family because he doesn't want to be a reaper. So he says to his dad, I don't want to be a reaper, dad. He's like, what are you talking about? It's the family business. You have to be a reaper. He's like, no, my I don't want to be was a reaper. My father's father was a reaper. reaper like you, a reaper. you have to. And he's like, no, it's like being a vegetarian stuck in a meat eating family, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of kids out there feeling that pressure to join the family business and they don't want a bar of it. And that's the character Marrow. So Marrow and Jugo team up. And um, that's another little element. But essentially, the story is broken into two books. And the second book is where Jugo becomes an actual super. I won't tell you exactly how, but he actually is the world's first jujitsu superhero. So the first book will be released around June, July. And the second book will be out before uh, the end of 2021. Can't so um, it's really coming along. And... Um, the, the uh, Blue Belt expansion for the game will be out before the end of the year as well. Amazing. Awesome. Well, uh, we are very glad that you did find Jiu-Jitsu, JT, and that your <laughs> uh, knowledge can be spread amongst the community. So thank you so much for taking the time. You're, you're a very busy man, and we're very appreciative to have you on, as I said, our first repeat guest. So hopefully we can uh, have you on again in the future to well, uh, share your knowledge. 
I'm very grateful to have both of you doing this because it takes a lot of courage and hard work to create something. And that's what you guys have done. And I really respect that. So thank you to you both. And shout out to everybody who's on this path. The jiu-jitsu path is a very challenging one, but it's worthwhile. For all the injuries and all the bullshit, I wouldn't give it up for all the friends and community that I've been able to be a part of. So if you're listening to this and you're hitting that moment where you're like, man, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. Hang in there, reach out. You always have someone you can talk to. You can talk to me. You can talk to anybody who's been on this path a long time. Speak to a black belt and they'll tell you, hang in there. It's worth it. 100%. Yep. Thank you, JT. We will have this podcast out soon. So if you get the chance to share it, that'd be awesome. It'll help grow our community and uh, look forward to seeing what uh, the future brings for you. Sounds like you've got a lot in the pipeline. Excellent. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Anton. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. See you guys. Bye.